0: What do plants need? Well, they need soil. Where does soil come from? And most people don't know that answer. You know, it's not dirt that just has to be laying on the ground. It's like organic matter that's been broken down by fungi and gives, it, gives us really the, the food for the plants to absorb. And we eat the plants and that gives us the healthy nutritional food we need to survive.
1: You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi.
2: What is up everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early twenties. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years.
1: Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love?
2: Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you.
1: Let's go take the medicine. Hello friends, thanks for joining us on episode number 92 of the medicine podcast where we focus on expansion for body mind and relationships and our guest today is right on par with that mission. Some of you will already directly and indirectly know of our guest, Louis Schwartzberg, if you've seen the hit documentary film Fantastic Fungi, which currently is the number one trending film on Netflix. Louis is an award-winning cinematographer, director, and visionary whose notable career spans more than four decades, providing breathtaking imagery using his time-lapse, high-speed, and macro cinematography techniques. He is truly a pioneer in the film world. Chase and I met Louis at Burning Man in 2019 and we were honored to be a part of the intimate group there that first screened Fantastic Fungi. I wept more than once as this special film, like all of Louis's work, inspires us to fall in love with nature in a completely novel way. As Louis often says, beauty and seduction, I believe, is nature's tool for survival because we will protect what we fall in love with. As you'll hear in the episode, we discuss the Fantastic Fungi Global Summit happening October 15th through the 17th. This is a free virtual event hosted by Louie, featuring 50 one-hour interviews from all sorts of thought leaders and experts like culinary, ecological, psychedelic, and consciousness. You'll tap into the latest and greatest wisdom of this growing and expansive network via panels, discussions, and demos. Check the show notes for the registration link and sign up today for this incredible event. Chase and I will see you there. Enjoy this intellectual, playful, and lively interview with our friend and film pioneer, Louis Schwartzberg. All right, you guys, welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. We have a very special, exciting guest today. We have the amazing Louis with us. Welcome to The Medicine. We are so grateful to have you today.
0: Pleasure to be with both of you. Yeah, Yeah.
2: super fired up about this. It was almost exactly two years ago. Uh, We were hanging out with Louis and, and Paul Stamets, having breakfast at Burning Man 2019, uh, we were, we were literally, Megan and I had just gotten back together. We're, we're, uh, if you, if you recall, Louis, uh, we are ex-husband and wife. We got married very early in our twenties, uh, only to subsequently divorce and, and, uh, find ourselves kind of reunited, uh, in love and mushrooms was such a path, uh, towards that kind of reconciliation. And, uh, it was such a blessing to be able to share that with you and then also see your film,
0: mm-hmm.
2: fantastic fungi, uh, two years ago. And we've, we've since watched it multiple times. So, this is uh, such an honor and uh, really, really fired up to have
0: this discussion today. I think it's great that the power of the mushrooms, they can, you know, bring these connections together in uh, that's one beautiful example.
1: Yeah, love it. Well, we're going to jump right in. We got a, a, okay. a, a bunch of questions for you today. But the first one is one that we ask every guest who comes on the medicine, and that is what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift it to every human?
0: That's a great question. Um, I think the experience of wonder and awe for me, that's a giant aha moment, and um it's a orgasm that occurs in your brain,
1: yeah <laughs> um,
0: and it but it's also touches your soul because what basically when you have an aha moment it's like you're ringing this like idea of truth universal truth you know it's true um it it, it reverberates throughout your body you get goosebumps and all that right and um nobody ever teaches you what is wonderful or awe. Um, we're i think hardwired to feel it so for me it could be like observing a you know a bumblebee you know, landing on a tomato flower, and 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 not just seeing the fact that it's like you know vibrating and getting the pollen that it can bring to its you know babies, but the miracle of this intersection of the animal and the plant world, getting it on, and to realize that like the, we're the beneficiaries of that—the fruits, the nuts, the vegetables, the seeds, all the healthy food—when when you. Understand that, and you get this incredible context. So, what I love about wonder and awe is I feel like it's a bridge between art and science. You know, I love to film the beauty of it in slow mo or time lapse flowers opening, but I also love being able to understand the science behind it. That that intersection is going to turn into a tomato, and unless that thing happened, no tomatoes. And every seed you see in a tomato. Is a grain of pollen that was brought to it by a bee. Mm. So all of a sudden, when you get these layers of, of context on top of the beauty, then it uh, you you're in the spiritual zone of when you're at all.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that so beautifully said. So
2: perfectly put, and and we're so limited by our ability to
0: articulate with the English language.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I was just gonna say that, you know, yes, Einstein his definition of God. And he said it was a sense of wonder. And if you don't have that, your eyes are closed, and you might as well be dead.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't take any special skills. I think it it takes an openness and um, maybe um, some slowness or stillness to even see that those moments exist because i think i certainly I'll speak for myself i've gone through so much of my life not picking up on those moments and they're there's such a, a gift that are that it's available to anyone and everyone it's not for just special people or the elite sure. or anyone with mm-hmm. special eyes it's available to everyone and if you if you know to look for it chase and i call it um, you know nature flirting with you right like there's these yeah. little nudges of like flirtation from a bee or a flower or a palm palm tree swaying in the wind and I uh, certainly experience God through those moments so yeah I love that so beautifully put
0: I mean everyone look everyone does it because every child has it you know any child you know picks up a spoon stares at it and go oh my god what is that (laughs) I mean by the time you're four or five you begin to I think become more you know civilized but before that you're constantly in a state of, of wonder and yeah i love the idea you said like nature flirting with you because it is true i think that beauty is nature's tool for survival because we protect what we love it's a form of seduction and not the kind of like you know overt sexual sedu- you know seduction that that word normally is associated with but the fact that you can be seduced into um, doing the right thing, yeah. basically with beauty. You know, if you fall in love with the forest, you're going to protect the forest. You know, yeah. if you fall yeah. in love with a little kitten you find on the street that's super cute, you're gonna you're gonna maybe give it a home. Yeah. So you know we're we're hardwired to protect things we love, and why do we love them, and why are they beautiful? That's a big question. Yeah. yeah.
2: And you've been you've been <clears throat> so uniquely able to. Uh, demonstrate and show the world this, this beauty. Uh, For me, your art gives me that feeling of staring up at the night sky, staring um, at the top of a mountain out over a range of, you know, forest or trees, maybe looking out at the ocean. And that feeling for me, it's, it's not overwhelming, yet I feel this sort of perfect insignificance and that I'm a part of it, but not uniquely uh, burdened with the misfortune of having to like carry the load because we're all in this together. And that's the the experience that I have with nature and not unlike what I experienced with your art. Uh, you know, curious, how did you get into this place with with film and, you know, specifically your, your unique time-lapse film?
0: Yeah. Well, like when I was at UCLA, um, I wanted to shoot highest quality, you know, I was into photography also into like political science, I I fell into photography because I was documenting the anti-war protests, especially police brutality against women. And that was a lot easier for me than writing a paper. So (laughs) I got into photography, photography got me into nature. And then, you know, you look at the photography of people like Ansel Adams and Edward Weston, you know, they went out with these really big cameras and shot big negative. And so I was always into high quality resolution. And as I wanted, as I evolved into filmmaking, well, I wanted to shoot on the biggest negative, I could, and that was 35 millimeter film, but I couldn't afford to shoot 35 millimeter film. I mean, back then, the only people who were doing that were commercials and major feature films. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was like hundred dollars a minute for film processing and development back then in the mid seventies. So you can imagine you know, what a barrier that was for me, four minute roll of film, $400, you know? Um, so I experimented with time-lapse, partly for the economics of it, but also because I instantly recognized the sense of wonder for me to be able to see clouds metamorphosize or to look, you know, shadows moving through a forest. And, um, you know, I could spend a month or two shooting film, learning about lighting, learning about composition, learning about beauty, and not spend a lot of money. And so um, it worked for me, and I had pioneered the technology of the cameras to be able to go take an animation camera, which normally would be shooting cells, right? And take it outdoors. Well, no one had ever done that before, unless you had a really long extension cord, because everything was based on AC power. Um, So, Anyways, I I did that and and what that did was it created an entire industry because then people started to license my work for feature films, for commercials. And um, I don't know, 25 years later, I've got a hundred employees, 12 foreign offices. um, And uh, we were the first digital contemporary stock library representing Playboy, Universal Pictures, all kinds of producers. And uh, then Getty Images bought my company and they flipped it into a multi-billion dollar uh, industry.
1: Wow. wow. That is wild and so cool. And, and I mean, <laughs> there's no way that you could have uh, known when you got started and just followed like this passion of yours, like, hey, I'm really interested in this. Um, did you have any idea whatsoever that it was going to turn into something like, that something that this, yeah. that you've created.
0: Well, I think for all your listeners, obviously, if you want to make money, be, you know, do something that you're passionate about, yeah. because you make money as a byproduct of doing a great job, yeah. but no, I never had like a business plan, but I did have, I think artists do have an antenna into the future. And I think we're able to anticipate where things are going. And so for me, old fashioned idea that if you're going to shoot something, you're going to own it. You know, uh, you want to own the IP. I never had, it was never called IP, intellectual property. It was called owning your negative, right? Mm. And you didn't want to ever, you know, ideally sell your art. I don't, you know. So I would license it. I let, I'd give people a copy, copy negative, you know, and when digital occurred, oh my God, that just made it even easier. And so we pioneered the first um, search engine for imagery before Google even existed. I sound like I must be a dinosaur, but I'm not. <laughs> um, and when you think about it, that was just in the mid-90s, you know? Wow. So we came up with the search engine, came up with the nomenclature, how to identify a shot, slow-mo, time-lapse interior, exterior, IBM, Sprint. All these guys had no clue how to do that. And it was kind of fun to ride that wave when people were thinking about the information highway, if you recall. It's fast. It's amazing how fast things have evolved, right? Um, and um, I knew that was all going to happen. I knew that imagery was always going to be a useful tool tool for for me creating a visual vocabulary but it turned out that like ad agencies were using it as a mashup yeah. to make their own statements you know and so the fact that i did this for myself is kind of like the story of earlier about the bee and the flower i mean the bee is collecting pollen to feed its children it doesn't think of it as a transaction with the flower, you do this for me; I do that for you. I don't think that's true, you know. I think that the flower is seducing the bee to move its DNA around in order to mate because it has no legs, and then wants to mate with somebody far away because diversity is really important. And the beauty of that story is that they're enabling each other with, without, you know, having a, a deal on the table you know?
2: Yeah.
0: And then they are basically enabling life to flourish. So for me to create my own visual vocabulary, my own library, I think has enabled other people to make their statements, you know, and their stories. And it turned into something, you know, I, I had no idea would necessarily evolve, but I figured you know, I needed to make money to, you know, put my daughters through college and school and, you know, raise a family and, and do all that stuff I needed and to, to feed this like habit called filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And so it, it evolved into like a side business for my production company work, you know? Yeah. And, and in, and in essence it's freed me now to be able to make the films I want to make. Yeah. No, I love that. And, you know,
2: it sounds like through this process, you sort of like learn the the ins and outs and really pioneering the way that, you know, business can be run as you come yeah. towards business, you know, out of curiosity is, as I, <laughs> consume your art and as we all do uh there's this there's this awareness that the universe and nature is just significantly more grand than than we ever thought and so much of it's even invisible until you've literally like shed light upon it um has that been some of the feedback like maybe for you what have been some of the biggest learnings in this pursuit of your passion even from a business perspective have there been any sort of like byproducts of of mind-blowing uh, realizations. Maybe it's with nature. Maybe it's with the way that the world works. And what kind of feedback are you getting from this?
0: Well, definitely. Um, it's amazing. But a lot of people will say it's the transformational experience or, you know, spiritual. Watching my films, people come out of Fantastic Fun Guy with tears. Yeah. And go, it's we not did. a sad movie. Yeah. But it's not a sad movie. It's the fact that it touched something deep inside of you. So... I think the reason for that is because I bend time and scale, and when you bend time and scale, you're opening up your, you know, horizon, you're, you're broadening your horizons, you're expanding your perspective on, on life and then the universe, because the human point of view, is a very narrow point of view. Right? It's a metaphor. I mean, even when you speak about it culturally, what is it like to grow up as a white person in suburbia versus an African American in New Orleans? I mean, there are different experiences, clearly, but it's even bigger than that when you look at it from the world of of nature and science, because you know, we look at things at a certain metabolic rate. You know, we're we're like a little ant in time-lapse screwing around to a redwood tree. You know? And then we are a giant, slow-moving creature you know, that a mosquito looks up at as you're slowly trying to kill it. You know? um, everything has a different lifespan. And with my camera, in essence, everything has a different frame rate. So you know, slow motion means you're shooting film quickly, and when it plays back, it slows down reality. Um, Time lapse is an example of how you speed up time by shooting very slowly. You know, I shoot like one frame every 20 minutes. That's like three frames an hour. Roughly in 24 hours, we have, you know, two seconds of film. So um, to, to do that breaks your concept of time. Time is not a clock, you know. And, and it, it really expands your consciousness. So even without saying anything or doing anything or even trying to tell a story, when you see things from the point of view of another living creature, it completely will shift your awareness, you know, and make you, I believe, the end result is more compassionate, more loving, more godlike yeah
2: yeah Uh, it's that it's that you know hermetic principle of as above so below and if there's anybody who's who's been looking below uh literally at your feet uh it's you and and i can't imagine the learnings and takeaways that you've had uh from that Uh, you know you know moving into fantastic fungi a little bit and and uh you mentioned it and we mentioned it earlier on uh many of the listeners will probably have seen it by now as it's just absolutely crushing it on netflix right now
1: if not Uh, watch it to night 100 (laughs)
2: percent uh what what inspired you to profile fungi and mushrooms
0: yeah i think it's a long journey of me always wanting to unveil the mystery so you know just going back one film before fantastic fungi i did wings of life Uh, actually you can watch that also on disney plus so that's meryl streep uh being the voice, being the feminine voice of nature. She's a gorgeous flower. (laughs) and She's seducing these bats, hummingbirds, butterflies to come get me because her biological clock is ticking. Obviously, she wants to be able to reproduce. Why do you want to reproduce? Well, life needs to go forward, you know? And so it is a spiritual and also magical keystone event is that intersection between the animal world and the plant world, which gives us all the healthy food we need to eat. And then you go, wow. Well, I thought that was the foundation of life. That's really important. But then you go, wait a minute, what do plants need? Well, they need soil. Where does soil come from? And most people don't know that answer. You know, it's not dirt that just has to be laying on the ground. It's like organic matter that's been broken down by fungi and gives it, gives us really the, the food for the plants to absorb. And we eat the plants. And that gives us the healthy nutritional food we need to survive. And so I'm always just kind of digging deeper. And and actually the summit that's coming up, the Fungi Global Summit is an opportunity to dig deeper where I've done 51 hour interviews with experts in culinary, experts in wellness, psychedelics, the environmental movement, um, consciousness, I think all of us are on this path of wanting to dig deeper and ask the bigger questions and not get stuck in some kind of ideology that is a comfort if you don't want to be thinking about it all the time, but maybe thinking about it all the time is the journey.
1: Okay. We all know by now that the types of products we use on our face is critical to having clear skin that ages well. We need non-toxic. We need no pore cloggers. We need acne safe for our face. But what about the rest of our body? I have had a hell of a time finding truly clean, quality products to hydrate my legs, arms, stomach, and chest. The pore cloggers in the artificially smelly creams and lotions cause me ingrown hairs and bumps and have way too many hormone disruptors. Then I started using oil, but it always ends up getting on my clothes and my sheets. Ugh, so annoying. But now, all that is in the past because one of my favorite absolute ride or die brands, Clearstem Skincare, has created their soft skin body lotion and body glow hydrating oil. These two are expertly formulated with ingredients like green tea, vitamin E, raspberry oil, hemp oil, and a blend of yummy botanicals. The result is the most luxurious dual hydration experience focused on giving you the texture and glow your body craves. Oh and they smell like actual heaven. Both are anti-acne, anti-aging, with zero pore cloggers and zero hormone disruptors. I've noticed that in using these two daily, the red bumps and ingrown hairs on my legs have basically all disappeared. My skin feels soft, Pampered and hydrated, like it can actually breathe. Hallelujah! <laughs> if you want to grab some of this body hydration love, go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code Mimi, M-I-M-I for a hefty discount on all Clearstem products. Bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Enjoy. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, oh, gosh, so beautifully put. And I, I love that, uh, that concept of going one layer deeper, one layer deeper, one layer deeper, until you get to literally the root or the mycelium of like, what makes up all life in nature? And what does every part of nature need? Um, is this this network? And I, I love that you're bringing that network to life, not only through your film, but also this uh, fungi global summit, which we are so excited to um, shout about. And to be a part of for sure, with the the medicine podcast, something that uh, I just thought of was we discuss being a, a bridge to expansion for body, mind and relationships. And so we talk about the the medicines that we've discovered and that we're trying to help others discover that can help expand their mo- their mind, their body and their relationships. Not only relationships, romantic relationships, but also with yourself, with others, with God, with nature. You know, it's everything. And so you're you're putting into uh, a beautiful answer what we try to bring to people every, every day in every episode for sure. Um, Can you speak to, is there any way possible to give us, um, you said you interviewed 50 one hour, one hour interviews, correct? Yes. Is there anyone that pops out? I'm sure there was plenty of amazing people in there. Is there any like sneak preview of someone that really blew your mind of those 50 people?
0: I think they were all really great. Um, But I would say that, you know, when I was speaking to thought leaders like uh, Deepak Chopra, uh, Michael Beckwith, you know, to be able to ask them, like, what, what turned them on early yeah. on in their in their life, you know? And I think what's really great is that people are kind of coming out of the closet a little bit about the fact that if they had a, you know, um, psychedelic journey with some sacred medicine, I think it's great that we can talk about it. I mean, you had a spiritual experience why in the world wouldn't you want to talk about it? And how weird is it that if you did talk about it, you could go to jail.
1: Yeah, well, right. I mean,
0: that's, a, yeah. that's like more primitive than what the Romans were doing with Christians, right? Think about it. Right. Oh, if you're a Christian, I think we'll kill you. Or if you're a Jew, you know, and you have to hide in a cave to practice your religion. Think about the fact that it's been suppressed on that level and people have gone to jail. And definitely because of some crazy guy named Richard Nixon, who declares a war on drug as a way to attack his political enemies, you know, the anti-war protesters, people of color, women, etc., who don't vote for him. Well, let's create the war on drugs. And we are suffering from the war on drugs today by the mass incarceration of people of color color and, and people in marginalized communities are in jail for what... In California, we can just walk down the corner into the dispensary and, and you yeah. know, order some cannabis and smoke it. And it's like, no big deal. So um, it's kind of, oh God, I'm glad that finally um, the lid is kind of coming off the tea kettle, you know? And as someone who's Jewish and my parents were Holocaust survivors, I can relate to persecution. I can relate to the idea that, you know, there are cultures that want other cultures to, to go extinct which is like terrible i think it's why i became an environmentalist i don't want a bee to go extinct i don't want fucking ant to go extinct Yeah. who i mean nobody has a right to, to declare you know life or death upon any other creature so um i'm not sure i answered your question
1: <laughs> no that's great i kind of put you on the spot but i just i thought man what a gift and just blessing to be able to speak. You know, we feel that, you know, the people that we interview, including yourself, you know, we get to have these expansive and deep meaningful conversations as part of our work in the world. Right. And it's such a blessing that we feel every single day. And I was just curious your take on it. Um, if there was anyone that that stood out, but yeah,
0: Michael Beckwith, Jack Hornfield, you know, Paul Hawken. Um, it's amazing. I mean, Ah, it's it's really great because again, like I said earlier, I mean, I've got artists, I've got scientists, I've got chefs, and we, we kind of enter the world of, of nature's intelligence through the portal of the mushroom, but the mushroom is just one portal, you know, I can enter it through the world of a flower, the sexual organ of the plant, you know, and Um, and wax poetic about that all day long. You know, but what am I getting at? I'm getting at nature's intelligence. I'm getting at the fact that we want to celebrate life and that life is a force of energy and anything I can do and anything we can all do to support that is should be the mission we're on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You're such a storyteller. And uh, I think, you know, through your work, you've been telling a story of uh, awareness and of eye opening there. There's not a Direct, penetrating agenda as much as there is that prompt for curiosity, that nudge for the wonder. Um, you know, as a storyteller, and as you continue to lean into you know creation, what are what else are some of the stories that you're you're hoping to tell?
0: Well, my next film that I've I got a rough cut on and I've actually scored is I'm I did a, a it's called Gratitude Revealed. I'm going to do a deep dive into gratitude and all the values that add up to gratitude curiosity, courage, wonder, forgiveness, connection. You know, these, these are all the values that we, we nurture. And so um, that's gonna be the next film. And I've interviewed like, you know, thought leaders, but I've also just interviewed primarily ordinary but remarkable people, mm-hmm. everyday people and children, the wisdom that comes out of a child. And so I, I had this gratitude trailer which I actually showed back in 10 years or almost 15 years ago at a TEDx in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So that gratitude video went viral. I didn't realize that when you do a talk like that on Ted, they stick it on YouTube because I was just like teasing the audience with my trailer, but it's a, but it's cool. You know, now I learned, Oh, that's a gift. That's actually a benefit, you know? Um, and it's gotten like, you know, millions and millions of views. So I think the timing of it is, is perfect because coming out of this pandemic, one of the things we've learned is that there's a lot of things we took for granted, you know, like being able to get together with friends and family, uh, being able to travel. Um, we took all these little things for granted and they're so important. And I feel that we need, to have a bit of a reset coming out of this pandemic. And everyone's been talking about, it'll be a giant mental wellness, you know, catastrophe or problem, you know, after the situation. When we do hopefully get out of the situation, you know, it could be a slow evolution, but either way, um, gratitude, I think is a pathway. Be grateful for what you've got. I mean, yeah, it's been difficult, but you know, compared to what my parents went through, it's a walk in the park. Oh, wow. We were stuck at home, you know, big deal. So we went more on the inward journey, you know, big deal. And yes, I I feel for a lot of people definitely who were more marginalized, who definitely got sick and died, you know, from this. But again, that has a lot to do with the inadequacy of our healthcare system. Uh, and guess what? When you see fantastic fungi, you're aware of the fact that there are zillions of things that are smaller than you yes. every day. I mean, we can't walk out there and be in this bubble, you know? I mean, you know, there's, there's a trillion cells in your body. 20% of you is like made up of fungi. And I think bacteria, 80% of your body are all these like microorganisms that, you know, we don't have to have a fear factor about because we're just ignorant that that there's zillions of little things called life (laughs) you know that make up who you are just as an individual and therefore that's why i don't have a fear about covid
2: you know yeah and i think when you uh, when you lean into nature when you get out and experience it when you when you watch films like those that that uh, you have put together it's not in security, it's not in significance, it's inclusive mm-hmm. and yeah. you, you realize that you are a part of this complex life and this complex yeah. body and that should give you confidence.
1: Yeah, That should yeah.
2: give you uh, this, this sense of
0: value in being a part of the grand scheme yeah and, and and really the best immune defense system for anything like this pandemic is to be healthy and to be healthy means to be to be living in harmony with nature don't you know, treat your body as a temple do all the things that are that make you strong that makes you connected to nature not disconnected from nature and it means the food that you eat the fact that you take a walk on the beach or a forest, wherever it might be, these are things that build your immunity. You know, yeah. that's it's what free, you need to do. <laughs> yeah, you want to be you want to be strong and healthy, and and that means like look look at nature. Where where do you find strength in nature? Things that are vital, things that are flourishing, things that are saying, "I'm alive and I dig it."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you profile it in, in, in uh, Fantastic Fungi, but and maybe even somewhat of a, a foreshadow for what was to come with the, with the pandemic. Uh, but just the ability, f- and even just that we're the fact that we're scratching the surface on the capability of fungi and, and mushrooms specifically for for dealing with you know viral threats. And right. um, you know, has, has there been anything else as you've kind of leaned into nature that has um, blown your mind or potentially been this sort of like tip of the iceberg when it comes to something that could be a real solution for problems that we're facing in the world?
0: I think the ending of the film of Fantastic Fungi was something that I did not know about. I mean, I certainly knew a lot about bioremediation. I knew a, lot, a little bit about psychedelics as well, you know? But what I didn't understand was this idea of the mycelial network being just like shared economy under the ground where nutrients and communication is shared for ecosystems to flourish. The work that Suzanne Smard was doing with the mother tree, how a mother tree can take care of its kin. I mean, that is stuff I did not know. And so to kind of answer your question, like that, that pattern is nature's operating instructions. That could be a blueprint for how we live our lives, you know, that when, like when everybody does well, and I'm not talking about socialism or communism. I'm just saying when we're all healthy and happy and have enough money to take care of our families and all of that, we all benefit, you know, and there's there's no such thing as greed in, in nature. Nobody's hoarding anything, you know? um and the truth is life flourishes when when we all do well together
1: yeah. yeah it's this abundance mindset in nature that is everywhere all the time 100% that you know um if you read books about the intelligence of plants uh and and understanding more about how they interact and even just watching from watching your film you understand what you just explained that everything is connected and there's this synergy and this you know a relationship between the plants and the fungi and the the trees and the birds and everything like that it's it's not a scarcity mindset in nature. It is abundant. And when I do well, you do well and, and, and me doing well doesn't mean that you can't do well or that you can't thrive. And I I think unfortunately that is not the overarching theme in our society today. It's, it is more of a, um, a scarcity mindset where it's like, if you have more, that means automatically I have less, or there's a potential Mm -hmm. for me to have less, which then, you know, it just sparks a, a lot of discord and division and, um, you know, something that we talk about often is how do we get back to this unity consciousness, which I think is, is so important, not only with each other as humans being part of nature, but also humans to nature. Um, someone's listening right now, and they're like, Okay, how do we step into more of this unity consciousness with nature? Um, how can someone listening take actionable steps towards unity consciousness with nature? Um, what would you, what advice would you give them?
0: Yeah
2: Well, first of all, I love what
0: you had to say, and I would just say that like with a lot of nature documentaries, uh it skews in the wrong direction it skews into this macho story of you know survival of the fittest killer be killed mm. you know top of the food chain so what we need and the stories that i've been telling you, is really the feminine side of nature it's mm. about connections about relationships it's about rebirth regeneration cooperation right that's the stories that i find fascinating because there's billions of interactions that are happening every second you know right now this moment that is keeping us all alive either in your body or outside of your body you know mm-hmm. so so in terms of the unity thing i think once you kind of understand that that's that's one step but there are practical things that you can do i think you know having a garden and growing a tomato or two and a zucchini i mean even if it's a pot and on your back porch i mean that ground you and, and you understand where does your food come from and what a miracle of life you a seed that has all this like dna and then instructions that can turn into you know a tomato plant um, it's a miracle you know yeah and 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 to, to teach your children where that miracle and to realize oh i'm going to take those coffee grounds and i'm going to actually feed the plant with stuff that doesn't belong in the garbage, you know that it's all a cycle. You know, let things you know rot in your garden, um, and then there, there they, like science has proven that when you're gardening and you're digging in the soil, um, you know these molecules are released that creates a, you know, that triggers endorphins in your body. So you're actually getting high. <laughs> <laughs> you're gardening, you know. That's why gardeners love to garden, right? Yeah. And then to also and to be a slave to your garden i am you know i i every time i see a flower it's kind of you know wilting oh god need some water right now you know i will stop everything and water that plant because it hurts or Mm -hmm. it needs to be trimmed or it needs to be you know moved or it needs to be you know nurtured in some way and i do it I, i i cannot do it you know i mean think about that i mean it's you when you you buy flowers even and you you make an arrangement in your home you're you're taking that that energy and 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 filling your 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 home with it um it's beauty you know beauty is um beauty is nature's score that helps you learn how to do the dance of life
1: okay You may have never done this, but next time you brush your teeth, turn your toothpaste tube over and take a look at the ingredient list. You'll probably see things like sodium fluoride or sodium lauryl sulfate or sorbitol or artificial colors like blue dye number one. These are major hormone and gut disruptors. Do you see glycerin in the ingredient list? That's made from GMO vegetable oil, my love. It's toxic to your cells and actually blocks your saliva from doing its job in mineralizing your teeth. As a registered dental hygienist and lover of true holistic health, I quit using commercial toothpaste and dental products a long time ago. They just do not meet high standards for long-term health, no matter what seal you see stamped on the front of the tube. The ingredient list doesn't lie. If a product is going into my mouth and into my body multiple times a day, every day, in my opinion, it should be clean, reliable, and free of hormone disruptors and gut irritants, which is why Chase and I have completely made the switch over to Living Libations dental products. They are packed with ancient healing herbs, gentle oils, and alkaline buffers. Our favorite is the Neem Alkalinizing Toothpaste. Only a tiny dot is needed, but you'll feel your whole mouth come alive as it breaks up bacteria colonies that cause bad breath, while keeping your saliva alkaline, which is essential for a healthy mouth. Not to mention your teeth will feel super smooth and polished. To try for yourself, go to livinglibations.com and use the code MEDICIN, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for a nice discount. They have a wide variety of products to choose from and amazing customer service if you have any questions on which product is right for you. When we know better, we can do better. And now, you know. Cheers, boo.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I never understood as a kid why my, my mother was addicted to the yard work. You know, like all these chores, <laughs> yeah. what the hell is she doing? Uh, I get it now because yeah. her, her hands were in the soil. You know, her both feet. Both of our moms. Both of our moms. Yeah. And it makes complete sense. And uh, it's so wise. It's such a beautiful reminder for us. Um, you know, get out to the beach and bury your feet in the sand and make sure you're getting your, your body in the ocean. Um, it, it completely liquidates the noise of the 3D yeah. world that, that is so insignificant. Um, once you put yourselves in those those situations, not unlike a psychedelic experience, it is yeah. it's just that connection to nature and feeling um, that in, in, inclusivity. Um, you know, it's course. only, it's
0: only, yeah. I it's only been like a couple of hundred years that we became disconnected right. and the Industrial yeah. Revolution you know, pulled us off the land and indigenous, you know, Societies have been doing it nonstop, you know. But it's only that's just even not even a nanosecond in the history of man. So I think, but we all need to understand the way we're living our lives right now is is off kilter. You know, it's not necessarily in harmony with nature, and this isn't you know normal. You know, yeah. like, what we're talking about isn't like oh we're going to like either go backwards or forwards into something that has never been done before. It is the way it should be and somehow we just kind of went off the guardrails and we just got to figure out how to get back on
2: yeah we have to and
0: actually and and the clock is ticking on that we've been talking about it for a while and we haven't done shit about it and now's the time we got to do something about it because of climate change and everything else this generation us young people old people we got to get our we got to do it now and i think that you know preaching this Talking about the science of the failure, you know, in the environmental movement, I've done a lot of PSAs. I helped a lot of environmental organizations. And I'll be honest, it has not worked just because we haven't shifted behavior. So what we're doing right now, we're talking about consciousness. Consciousness is perhaps the answer. We have to have a shift of consciousness in order to do the right thing. So I'm not going to tell people how to recycle. I'm not going to tell people what to eat you know, or what kind of car to drive, you know what we're going to do? We're going to just turn people onto the right values, you know, to be aware of nature and life and, and all the, you know, what, what 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 is this thing we're walking on at the moment? It could be heaven on earth. And why are we screwing it up? Yeah.
1: It's almost like, the way to get there is not by recycling, or maybe um, you know being kind to someone on the street. It's like get connected to nature first, and all those other actions in your life start to line up better. They start to line up in more of a synergistic way that reflects the higher levels of consciousness that we need to really just survive and and th- really thrive as a, as a human species.
0: What's great about it's it's easy. It's not like do this, do that. It's so easy. All you got to do is walk out in the nature. I mean, they take kids from the inner city. Um, uh, there's an organization, Nature. Oh God, I'm, I'm spacing out on. It. But anyways, it, when you take kids from the inner city outdoors, they've never been there before. And they're scared of like wolves and bears are going to attack them because of all the the negative macho stories that they've seen on, you know, Discovery Channel and Nat Geo and all that, BBC. It's always killer versus killer be killed, you know, predator versus prey. And when you take kids like that from the inner city and you put them in nature in three days, there is a radical transformation and you don't have to do anything, you know? You just have to you know, give them the experience and nature will do its thing. Yeah, kind of
2: coming, coming full circle to things that you mentioned at the, at the beginning of the episode which was uh, around wonder and curiosity. And, and I think this might have, I pulled a quote actually, I'm pretty sure it was from your viral TEDx uh, talk yeah. they did. But it, was, uh, it says, always take time to smell the, uh, the flowers and let it fill you with beauty and rediscover that sense of wonder. And, and these moments, these nudges to get out into nature and, to, you know, stare extra close at the flower, um, it sparks that sense of wonder and curiosity, you know, after all this time in nature, learning, studying, creating these things that you've done, uh, where is your wonder when you go out into nature and, and you get, get in, uh, in detail with these things, where is your wonder currently taking you? Where is your curiosity living?
0: so i'm always like trying to get deeper you know and it's so let's say you look at something that's really beautiful and you can feel that sense of wonder it could be a red flower but then i'm asking myself why is it why is that vibration of wavelength called red why is it turning me on you know <laughs> you know and if a pretty girl goes by you know and like what is it about the way she's walking or i mean i think it's okay to say that yeah. You know, because, you know, um, I don't want to just say, oh, she's beautiful or she's pretty, you know, flower, a human being, ocean wave crash, but like, let's really try to analyze it even deeper. What is it about that shape, rhythm, color? Color is a vibration of light energy. You know, why is it triggering this emotional feeling inside of me that we blandly call even beauty? Yeah, let's get let's kind of dial in, let's say oh, music is, you know, is good. What kind of music, what note, what chord, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's not just say music turns me on. That's kind of bland, isn't it? Right. So, let, let, so that's what I'm enjoying. I'm, I'm questioning, like, what is it? And that's what I want to film. And it could be something really like mundane it could be a rock. It could be just pattern in the sand from the last wave crash. That looks like a tree. I don't know why it's turning me on. Why is it turning me on? What does it mean to be turned on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think with my work, I'm just trying to turn people on.
2: <laughs> I love
0: that. I'm into it. I'm extremely turned
2: on. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give you that feedback now. I'm very turned on. Um, what, what I love too is, is you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but like uh, some of the work you've done is, is more feminine and it's, it's in your feels. And we live in this world of masculinity where it's top- to bottom, left, to right. It's got to be articulated and structured. Yet there is this inability to articulate certain things and you have to feel them. You have to experience them to know them. And I think that's what you're speaking to there is like before I can even, even try to define, let me experience first. Let me, em- yeah. let me fully embody what it feels like to be turned on and question. I might be able to rationalize it later, but, it, but first All step, right. let me experience it. And that's a beautiful reminder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What triggers this thing called emotion. And that's why even from an environmental Machiavellian point of view, I'm trying to turn people on, you know, and, and appeal to the heart in order to protect our planet for our children and the future generations. That to me is what I'm working on at the moment is, is that's the path. And and, and I, like I said earlier, you don't have to tell people what to do, you don't have to tell them how to vote, you don't have to tell them how to live their life, you just got to like, trigger that heart connection, and then you, all that stuff falls into place.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. Couldn't agree more. I love that. Um, well, as we come to a close here, we have a few rapid fire Mm. questions that we would love to throw out at you. Um, we mentioned it already, but the medicine is all about expansion for body, mind, and relationships. And and we like to talk about the medicines that provide that expansion. And we want to know for you, what feels like medicine first for your body currently?
0: I would say jumping into a, into the ocean or jumping into a pool. One of the things I've done recently as a little, well, so I've got, uh, I go up to like Ventura, you know, and you guys are in Coronado. But anyways, what I'm trying to do is, you know, the shock of jumping into the cold water. Oh yeah, And, and what I'm trying to do to minimize that, I'm, I'm doing this little game in my head. I want to be aware of what does it feel like when the water touches the tip of my fingers, to the tip of my toes Mm. as I enter into the water. So instead of freaking out and going, ah, it's freezing. (laughs) Yeah, right? Which is the natural thing to do. I'm just trying to be present and understand what am I feeling? Mm. So that's really good for the body. Yeah. Because I really I think that what it does is it connects the body. And I know there's I've heard other therapies like cold plunge and you know people that do all this stuff where you like, you know, to, to relax into something like that is good for you. So that's what I do for the body. I want to be present when I'm diving into a cold body of water.
1: Mm, yeah. Love that. Love
2: that. What uh, what currently <clears throat> feels like medicine for your mind?
0: Well, I, I think that um, nature and and I think sacred medicines as well. And actually, the combination of the two is pretty cool. We're actually doing a clinical trial in Santa Monica where we're treating patients with alcohol addiction. And they're watching one of my videos that shows the rhythms and patterns and the oneness of nature as a 30, 40-minute you know, journey as they're coming on to psilocybin. And then they're working with a the therapist as they lay down and do the eye shades and music to deal with their trauma. So, um You know, I don't do it all the time, but when I do have a window where I have nothing troubling me and nothing on my to-do list, um, I think the idea of some form of natural medicine and being in nature by far is the thing that, you know, allows my brain to feel and my consciousness to be as light as a feather.
1: Mm, Mm. Love that. What a gift for those people to enjoy your film and that, and that experience as well. Um, What about for your relationship or relationships, what currently feels like medicine?
0: I think, you know, just really feeling love and gratitude for everybody and obviously not being judgmental. It's easy to go there. But always look, if we're going to say that we're all connected and, you know, the forest is connected and well, when people come up and annoy me, I'm I'm, (laughs) right. And they do. Right. But then I'm, I'm trying to lean into this idea. Well, how can I love them? Yeah. Yeah. How can this be like a real lesson for me to overcome this feeling, you know, that is bothering me and then how, and can I really buy into this idea that we're all connected? Yeah. So, you know, let, let that be a challenge for me. Let that be uh, something that I can work on to get better at. Yeah.
2: Yep. I, I forget the saying, uh, but it's like, you know, you're enlightened until you go home for Thanksgiving dinner and you got to sit across the table from <laughs> your family. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You and you and us both uh, are all three of us, I guess we're, we're definitely there with you where, you know, it's really easy to love my partner uh, and love people who agree with me all the time about everything. but. Um, you know, the, the real consciousness is tested when they don't agree with me and they're not right. nice to me or someone sends me an angry email, you know? So yeah, I love that. We're, we're right in it with you. Um, yeah. I want to give you uh one more chance here to plug yeah. the, uh, Fantastic Fungi <clears throat> Summit here. Give everybody uh, one more reason that they should definitely check it out.
0: Okay. Well, please join us for the fungi global summit. It's free. Um, it's going to be amazing. We're going to have these conversations about psychedelics, about wellness, about the environment, about culinary, about art. And, um, in the movie I wasn't able to go deep with anybody, you know, because it would have been 50 hours long (laughs) (laughs) instead of an 82 minute movie. And so that's just the reality of that type of, you know, media, but now, it's really great that we can relax, have the conversation with these thought leaders and really, you know, just like hanging out with somebody instead of me doing like a two minute conversation with you. We had a really nice one hour conversation and what a gift that is. And that's what, so that's why I want people to come to the, to the summit and um, they'll be able to um, download all these 50 hours. If they're interested, we've got some surprise guests and, it's also just another way to kind of, you know, build our community, you know, because all of these different speakers are, they're going to be blasting it out to their audience, just like you guys are blasting it out to your audience. So we're cross pollinating yeah. everybody, yes. you know, consciousness, the environment, cooking, art, wellness, consciousness. Let's cross pollinate all yeah. of that, yeah. you know, because
2: we're all, we're all connected in that world. Yeah. This is the future, you know, this is the beautiful world that we mm-hmm. all want to create, and uh, we're definitely fired up about uh, being involved. Everybody uh, listening, you're going to hear about this a lot over the next few weeks, and uh, super excited to, to see what shakes out.
0: Thank yes. you for uh, spending the time and having the conversation. And, Hopefully we'll be able to reconnect to virtually or in Burning Man one day. Yes, okay? absolutely. absolutely. This
2: has been such a blessing. Right. Yeah. I'm completely yeah. lit up by this uh, this conversation, Louis. Thank yes. you so much for your time.
1: Louis, you are such a, a gift and a blessing to not only us, but humanity for sure. And uh, we are just so elated and grateful that we got to speak to you today.
0: All right, may the sports be with you.
1: Yes, absolutely. All right, you guys check the show notes for all the links and everything and go check out Fantastic Fungi on Netflix if you haven't already. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, visit getmimifit.com forward slash the medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes below. Until next time, cheers, boo.